Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Cheetah finds a new home in Miami, overtime rule changes in the NFL, the Fighting Peacock runs come to an end, recapping the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games, and then there are four, previewing this weekend's Final Four games. With that, I give you the assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the show. We're here on a on a Wednesday Wednesday night back back in the studio. So we got a couple couple of guests on the on the podcast here this this week. Uh, you know, we'd like to welcome back uh, Hunter, who's been on the show before previously, and we got a new new guest, uh, Mitch Yake, also known as Scotty, in in the studio. So they're on here. Uh, Dad Dad's still out. He's on uh, you know on vacation this week. So. He's enjoying his nice sunny weather down there in Florida, so he'll be back on the show. But we got a couple couple fill in guys, so you know, want to welcome welcome them to the show. And like Matt said, uh, we're gonna get started here with uh, you know the, the the cheetah or Tyreek Hill finding a finding a new home in in with the Miami Dolphins. So you know, I'll start things off, uh, Matt. What, what what do you got there? <clears throat> Man, wow, I, I didn't see this thing coming at all. I'll tell you, Kansas City to me dramatically got worse on this deal. I mean, Tyreek Hill has won many games single-handedly himself. I mean, they, they don't beat the Bills in the playoffs this year without Tyreek Hill. I just – I don't see how they can make this move. I think they should have stepped up. They should have paid him and, and kept him on. I, I just – I don't know how this is going to go for them. They did get one heck of a haul for him, though. Mm-hmm. They got a 2022 first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick, and then also a fourth and a sixth-round pick in 2023. Mm-hmm. And then Tyreek Hill really makes out in this deal as well because he gets a – four-year, four $120 million extension, mm-hmm. making him the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL. Right. A week after uh, Devontae. Devontae Adams thought he was the highest-paid receiver <laughs> right. in the NFL. So right. it's crazy stuff going on here, and I, I just I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, definitely a strange move for, for Kansas City, and, you know, I don't think anybody really saw it saw it coming. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's – I don't know. It, it, in a in an AFC West that's so tough right now, or that has added so many pieces, and now the Chiefs get rid of maybe their biggest weapon on on offense. Um, you know, I, I think this is really going to make us see wh- what's Pat wh- what Patrick Mahomes is really made of here. Absolutely. You know, was is I, I'm not you know going to take away that Patrick Mahomes is you know a bad quarterback or you know it was Dahl Tyreek Hill or whatnot, but uh, you know be 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 interesting to to see you know going forward uh, you know how he kind of adjusts not having that that not really a big weapon because, you know, Tyree Field's not a very, you know, tall guy, but speedy, speedy weapon, uh, you know, that literally just, you know, chase him around the field all day long. So what, what do you guys think there, Scotty or you know, Hunter, jump in there? Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you for uh, bringing us on. You know, it's been about a year, I think. I yeah. think I was about a year ago, almost on the date. Yeah. I was here talking March Madness, so right. good to be back. Mm-hmm. Um, I got an in- interesting take on this. I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad move by the Chiefs. I think this is a chess, a chess play move here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say that is because as Tyreek Hill, he was, I was a fantasy owner. He was on my fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. I think teams are starting to figure him out a little bit. Okay. I think – and the Chiefs, are, they're, they're getting to it early. Mm-hmm. While he's hot, yeah. they're, pull, they're pulling the plug on him. Yeah. They got a lot out of him. And I also think the new norm in, in the NFL, it's becoming a new norm, is the rookie receivers. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams right. – or Devontae Smith, sorry uh, – all these guys are having incredible years early, mm-hmm. not later. I think Tyreek Hill's starting to hit that 
well, is he really going to, you know, hang on? Is he going to keep producing? Yeah, is he going to keep producing? Is he going to slow down a step, too, get yeah. a little older? Right, right. To wear out on right. It, I know they got Juju. They got some. They still got uh, Kelsey. They got right. some other weapons at running back. Mm-hmm. I think I, I can see them drafting a receiver, honestly. Yeah. I could see them drafting a Buckeye or one of the Bama receivers. I know, you know, a couple of them got hurt or whatever, had ACL injuries. but Right. There's enough receivers in this draft. I think they might make a move for one, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're going to play them early. They're yeah. going to throw them right in the mix of it all. Right. I mean, I could imagine one of the like Olave on that offense, and yeah, it would yeah, be I mean, immediately getting a speedster like Jameson Williams, and he could potentially fall there with that knee injury. Right. I know right. They, right. they got a first round pick. Yeah. I don't know where that falls. It's it's late first round. It's you know towards 20, towards 20 the back yeah. back end. Um, you know, um, like the 20, 29th, I think is what they got from the Dolphins, and obviously the Chiefs, you know, did pretty well in the playoffs mm-hmm. this year, so they're going to be picking towards the back already. You know, based on their own pick or whatever, but. Uh, you know, there's definitely some receivers out there. You know, I think this is a very wide receiver heavy draft. So I think that they can still find a, a good receiver late in that first round. Or, you know, with all of these picks that they have gotten, maybe they can use that to move move up a little bit if, if they want yeah. to. So it's tough precisely. to go with that unknown. Though. You're, you're taking right. a known commodity and you're, you're going to somebody yeah. that you think may produce. Right. It's, it's a yeah. tough concept. Scotty, what you, what you got? First, I'd like to thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I was kind of surprised by the move at first, okay. And then I kind of thinking about it and what they got in the direct, well, in terms of draft picks. Yeah, they could easily, like you said, Colton, move up and take one of those first round level wide receivers mm-hmm. and kind of replace whatever percentage of Tyreek Hill's production. Production, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And pay what, like a tenth of the price? Oh yeah, definitely get a a discount. Um, and you know, I think that was a little bit of the the frustration, or you know, what it sounds like now is that you know, I. I Kansas City, at some point, you know, they couldn't keep dishing out these big contracts to all their players. I mean, yeah. they got to a point where you got to say somebody's got somebody's to go or, you know, we, gotta we, yeah, we got to, you know, can't keep just dishing out all this money um, just because, you know, there comes a point where, yeah, you just reach that cap and it's it's enough is enough type thing. Yeah, and, then you're just going to make yourself depleted somewhere else. Right, right. Um, I think this is kind of one of the Patriots playbook where you just stop paying a guy before it it's too late. Right, right, before the production really yeah. starts to fall off. And it's not like Tyreek Hill has been the most healthiest player mm-hmm. in yeah. his career. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think you know, we, we touched on it. It With, with Tyreek Hill being kind of that speedster receiver, you see them really kind of fall off pretty drastically. It's it's kind of a, you know, they're they're real good, you know, one year, and then the next year they're just, you know, they're, they're not the same because it's not gonna if, if well. you're not a good, yeah, not a good route runner, or, you know, not a good possession type receiver – and you really just rely on that speed, like as you get older, that that speed, you know, starts to starts to go away from you a little bit. But I guess looking at it from kind of the Dolphins' perspective, I mean, does this make the Dolphins competitive in the in the AFC or you know at least in the AFC East? Um, you know, they added a couple other pieces to their you know to the mix. They went out and got you know a, a left tackle, probably the best left tackle on the market in in Taron Armstead. Um, they also added uh, wide receiver Cedric Wilson to the mix. Uh, to add to one of those rookie receivers in Jalen Jalen Waddle, who you know was over a thousand yards, uh, and then a decent tight end in, in Mike Gesicki, who's you know almost a thousand yard you know tight end. So, from an offensive perspective, I think the Dolphins definitely you know, and then you add Tyree Kill into the mix, they they definitely you know upgraded. Um, but you know, I don't know. The ASC is 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 tough. Yeah, um, the stack division, and you know they're they're a fringe playoff team before, so. So yeah, maybe this kind of locks them into a playoff spot, but 
I still don't see them being that Super Bowl caliber team. But th- I'll tell you, this is going to be make it or break it for Tua Tungamailoa. Mm, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If, 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 if he can't ask. produce here with these two weapons of Jalen Waddle and now Tyreek Hill, yeah. then, then I just it, he's, his time's going to come to an end quickly there in Miami. They can't wait around, especially mm-hmm. after giving up all that draft capital. Right, right. Yeah. And also the, the possibility, you know, they their name was thrown around in the hat to, you know, on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes exactly. for, for a long time and, you know, saw him obviously go go to Cleveland there. And so they, they took a pass on that or, you know, took a pass on, you know, someone that's a little bit more proven um, and, and, you know, stuck behind Tua, which I think will help Tua's confidence um, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm under the impression, I'm not saying Tua's, you know, the next best, you know, quarterback, but I think he's, I think he's enough to get, you know, to get them where they, where they want to be or, you know, be competitive there in the AFC um, but when you don't have that confidence or when you don't have, you know, kind of your head coach or, you know, kind of upper management's, you know, behind you, I think it makes it tough to, you know, really, you know, show what you can do or, you know, really have the confidence in yourself when the team doesn't believe in you at the, at the same time. And now I think because the team has said, you know, we're not going after Deshaun Watson, we're going to stick with you. Look, we brought in a ton of pieces on offense. This is, this is your kingdom. Like, you know, we're turning over the keys to you show us what you can do. So like yep. you said, this is for sure a, a make or break, I think, yeah, for, for Tua. Um, yeah. If he can't produce, I yeah. think, yeah. Just one last point for Miami, though. They're also coming at this with a brand-new head coach. So mm-hmm. that, that makes this whole transition even harder right. to turn around and win because new coaches don't necessarily succeed right away when they get to some mm-hmm. somewhere new. So it, it's it's interesting. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think it definitely does make them better on the offensive side of the ball, but I just – I don't think it's going to be enough to get them where where they really want to go. Right, right. I don't know if it's you know instantly put them in the Super yeah. Bowl type conversation, but uh, definitely makes them I think a little bit more competitive there in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. Scotty, you got you got one anything else to add there? I was going to say like you said, it's kind of a lot of pressure on two, and it's basically a contract year almost for him. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, like you said, make make or break year for for him. So you know, it's it's we'll see how it how it plays out for for them. But uh, you know, interesting. You know, in in an AFC West with with Kansas City, all the other teams, you know, added pieces, and Kansas City gets rid of you know their their biggest piece. So we'll see you know how how it plays out for Kansas City as as well. Because even with all those draft, it, it's one of those things that the jury's going to be out because you're going to have to wait and see what these draft picks, you know, what they produce um, to really say like who won the, you know, who won this trade or, you know, whatever. Um, Because obviously we know Tyreek Hill's production, but you know, if you use those picks on some wide receivers or some, you know, other players to, to bolster that team, it's going to take them, you know, unless they're instant stars or whatever, it's going to take a couple of years to really see, did this, did this trade, you know, pay out for the chiefs or not. So all right. Well, we're going to move on to uh, another topic in the in the NFL. Um, recently, here uh, the NFL uh, announced that uh, a rule change only for the playoffs, but the overtime rules have have changed now in 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 the NFL. And I think this is definitely something that the fans were were calling for, and you know, even some of the NFL teams were were calling for. But unfortunately, it didn't go fully into all of the regular season. Uh, just just the playoffs. So. The rule change has been overtime rules will allow both teams to have a possession in in overtime. So, but that, like I said, only only happening in in the playoffs. So, what what do you guys think of this? Good good rule change, bad. You know, what, what what's your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm indifferent. Uh, if they were going to change the rule, I wish. From my understanding, it's still the same, mm-hmm. but they just get a possession each, right? You drive, yeah. you have to drive the football field. You got to score, right? And then the other team just gets the football back. Right, right. 
So it's uh, it's it's one of those things that yeah. Now both teams, you know, get a possession to at least you know have a shot it, to win yeah. or you know whatever. But then so. if they do both score, then it goes. Yeah, right yeah. that's right like, that's where I was like, yeah. like are we really changing anything? Forward. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, especially with the time too. Is the time going to change? Yeah. I, I wish if they would have changed it, they should have just changed the. I I was talking to him a little bit about it and go more the college football style yeah. but maybe not 25 yards maybe go you know somewhere 40. yeah right. somewhere maybe a little bit out of field goal range mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because if you don't go that way i just see it not really changing because i don't know i, I thought it was more for, more so it's for like the views and like it makes it a little more exciting the whole right. giving the two teams the opportunity because mm-hmm. when i read the article about it it said that for the most part during the regular season it was 50 50 mm-hmm. the, the coin toss did not decide who, who was going to win the game. Yeah, yeah. And the playoffs, it had changed a little bit. It was right. leaning towards more whoever won the coin toss won the game. But it mm-hmm. was still like it's up in the air. And then I th- felt like usually, you know, the teams that people or the public wanted to win, that's when this became an issue. Yeah. You know, when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots, it was an issue. Mm-hmm. When uh, Buffalo, Buffalo just, Buffalo lost, just yeah. lost to the Chiefs this yeah. past year. But when, you know, the Bengals got it done in overtime, yeah, and Patrick Mahomes threw an interception, right. Bengals sco- score, they win the game off a field goal. They didn't score a touchdown, they kicked a field goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Saints, the one year on the pass interference, they actually got, if it's so easy, the Saints got the ball first in the overtime after mm-hmm. the pass interference. All right. Didn't Drew Brees throws an interception. <laughs> right. Rams kick a field goal to win it. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I think it was the quarterback that famous that said, "We want the ball and we're going to score." You know, it was an overtime game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that? I know it's what you're talking Aaron about. Rogers, maybe. It yeah. might have been. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, but I, I think I don't know. I and I'm afraid if they do go straight up college football, 25 yard line, you're just going to have a shootout. It's never. It's going to be seven overtime. Yeah, overtime. and we're just going to be here all night watching right. this thing. Right. And then but, even that's starting to get too easy for college too, because yeah. you do see those go seven, eight good, overtimes. Right. Going right. to turn into a two point conversion off. Right. Yeah. 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 You saw the Illinois, or Illinois, Penn State. They seven couldn't overtimes. score. Yeah. Yeah. Six or seven overtimes. But the opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you give him the ball on the 25 yard line. I mean. He's scoring. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that, that we've, you know, talked about this rule or, you know, talked a little bit when we talked, you know, NFL about the Buffalo, you know, Kansas city outcome. And, and dad brought up that point that he would like it to go more to the kind of the, the traditional college rules or, you know, similar format. But like you said, move it out a little bit further than, than the 25 yard line, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, 40 yard line, 45, something like that to, you know, just because, you know, NFL teams score a little bit easier, you know, because of, the pass heavy league that the NFL is like 25 yards is almost like a, like a first down anymore in the, in the the NFL. So I do, I do like, you know, like that aspect. I mean, I like, I like how college, you know, their overtime rules are set. Um, And I think the NFL could do, could do the same, but move it, you know, move it back a little bit and not have the overtime draw, you know, play out for, 20 extra minutes or yeah. 30 extra minutes. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, interesting here uh, because actually the the Colts and the Eagles both, you know, they had proposed, originally kind of proposed the rule, uh, the rule change, but they wanted it across the board. They wanted it regular season and playoffs. They didn't get much support from the owners. Um, so in order to get the rule passed, they, they changed it to just the playoffs only, and it passed 20, you know, 29 I'm to okay 3. With that, though, because the, the regular season game, you don't have to win every game to be able to make the playoffs, but mm-hmm. the playoffs, that matters. Your season's over yeah, right, at that point. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'll say 
you know, Mike Tomlin made a great point about this whole thing. And I, I, I used to be on the side of, you know, after watching that Bills game that, oh man, both sides need to possess the ball. But I was listening to Mike Tomlin the other day and he said, you know what? We played for 60 minutes. That was your chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. I, so let's you start thinking of it that way. You know, I, I'm okay with the sudden death. Mm-hmm. You had your shot. You should have done it in regulation. Right, right. Yeah. Mean, yeah, I, that's I think that's, point. that's interesting. Um, you know, Scotty, what, what do you think there? I mean, I think this rule makes it a little bit better. Yeah. Per, just based on percentages. Mm-hmm. Your defense has two chances now if you wouldn't lose the coin toss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think in the end, people are still going to complain, well, Josh Allen didn't get the ball a second time. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think it may be yeah, one of those things. One thing yeah. me and Scotty talked about is now you're not going to want the ball first. Right. Because You can, you can get you a defensive stop, match. you yeah. can kick a field goal, win the game, or if they score a touchdown and go for one, you can go for two to just end the game then and there now. Right. Well, right. People yeah, are going to – That's how it is in college. You, yeah. you don't want the ball. You want to see what you got to what's going to match they're going to find the exploits into the new rule you know i mean Mm -hmm. teams are going to find it so they're always going to you know dive into the analytics or a little bit of the data of you know you know looking at it of yeah if we get the ball first or you know who gets the ball first who wins more you know i think there's going to be a lot of a lot of things that come come out of this but uh it's kind of interesting that you bring up the two-point conversion because there was actually another proposed rule change by the titans and it was similar to this this overtime rule is that they on the you know they they propose that if the only way you could win on the opening possession in overtime is if you went down scored a touchdown and Go converted and converted the two point conversion hmm. so that 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 proposal you know eventually was was nixed i mean never even got voted on or whatever but, totally you know though i i kind of like that better cuz mm-hmm. it 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 gives you that chance to go for the two if you don't get it that that way this thing isn't extended forever you know somebody Somebody's going to win. Win a little quicker. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I think it uh, Yeah, lets it play out a little less, you know, less time. You know, people can just, uh, you know, get on or, you know, we're not watching an NFL game. And NFL games are already, you know, somewhat long as they are already. And then you add, you know, out overtime and they play almost a, a full quarter in overtime on top of that. Like, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a good way to, to shorten it there. But, uh, yeah. They, I wonder, though, if they didn't get much pub because it – you know the two point stats aren't that great in the NFL. The teams yeah. that go for it typically don't make it. So, right, right. I, I, mean, just, I mean, maybe that's what they, they're thinking. Well, even with that option, teams are still going to kick the ball. Or mm-hmm. It's going to be the same. Yeah, thing just anyway. just take yeah. the take the points and you know possibly walk away with a with a win. But uh, you know, definitely, I think this was was kind of a data data driven decision. Um, you know, Hunter kind of kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, you know, the the TV opening possession touchdown. Um, you know, was instituted in 2012 the regular season was the first year that they kind of uh, had the opening possession touchdown and teams that won the coin toss won about 50 percent of the time so you know about half and half when it came to regular season now those numbers jumped up in the playoff you know when they changed the playoff format back in 2010 seven of the 12 overtime games have been won on the opening possession and 10 of the 12 were won by the team that won the coin toss so i think definitely that's where that's where this rule change is coming is that at least I know it's a very small sample size with, with the 12, you know, like 12, you know, possible games, but I think that's where kind of the, the backing was for this, that yeah, a good majority, you know, 80% or so of the games were won by the team that, that had the opening possession. I got one more thing. Uh, Another thing I understand, like the regular season games and the playoff games are a little bit different, but this year there wasn't over 
remember the over it was going to go into overtime or something it was like a tie mm-hmm. and both teams could have made the playoffs and yeah there was that playoff scenario it was like the chargers was it was it? the chargers raiders. and the raiders chargers yeah. Yeah. If like they played to a tie they both got you know what in the mean? Playoffs, like so. now you're like one overtime rules this way one or right. it's like i think you could you could make the argument for for both ways or you know you could see it both way i mean yeah i i don't know that how often does that really happen? I mean, yeah, I obviously it was one of those years that it, right. it did happen. So you got to say like, <laughs> all right, man, man, do, we, do we have to think about this or, you know, whatever. So yeah, definitely a good, good point to think about. The Raiders there. ended up winning, right? You know, they could have tied and they both would have made the playoffs. I think right. was the scenario, right. yeah. but it's just like, you know, those overtime rules, you could have just tied and both made the playoffs. Right. Like that yeah. was like, there's no, it, no rule behind that. They so. would have, if the chargers didn't call those timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So We'll see. We'll see how it, how it plays out. But yeah, we, I think I think at least the fans or maybe the NFL kind of kind of got what they wanted in, in having you know both teams be able to have a possession. But we'll have to have to see how how that overtime you know rule change kind of kind of plays out. Well, we're going to take a, a quick uh, commercial break here, and uh, you know stick with us, and we'll we'll be back to talk talk some college basketball. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right. Well, we're back here, uh, back in the studio now, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit of, uh, you know, everybody's favorite topic in, in March here, and that's a little bit of March Madness. We're going to talk a little bit of reaction to kind of the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games, um, and then we'll go into uh, previewing the, the Final Four games that are coming up this weekend. So, you know, I'll, I'll turn it over. We'll just kind of have a roundtable discussion here, just, you know, kind of some some reactions or, you know, your feelings about how, you know, Sweet 16 played out or, you know, kind of the Elite Eight. And so, you know, whoever wants to wants to get started, you know, go ahead and kind of jump in there. You know, maybe talk a little bit about your surprising team or disappointing team or, you know, some players that, you know, really stood out to you or, you know, whatever whatever's on your mind. Well, you know, I'll give you a surprise and a disappointment all in one game. All right. And you got St. Peter's with the, the Cinderella shoes still fitting and Purdue just ending the uh, perfect, awful postseason for the Big Ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so St. Peter's ended up winning the game 67-64. And surprisingly, I think Purdue was out physical in this game, and you can see that by the differential at the free throw line. St. Peter's shot 19 of 21. Purdue only went to the line 15 times. Mm-hmm. They weren't working the lane. They weren't working the boards. And just another awful postseason for the Big Ten. I, I don't know what to say for the Big Ten and why this keeps happening. But yeah, yeah. It's not 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 a good look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turnovers and Jaden Ivey forgot to show up for the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I think what do you have? Like it, it's eight points, nine points. It's it's amazing. It's amazing Oof. to me that, like, you know, and I talked about this, you know, a week ago when we talked about St. Peter's pulling off the big upset against Kentucky. And, you know, Purdue, you know, comes into this game. They got two big men that are, I mean, probably most one of the two, you know, dominant big men in, in college basketball. But St. Peter's just finds a way to, to win. Their tallest guy is six foot seven. You got, you know, you got a couple guys out there for Purdue that are, you know, six, ten, seven foot, like, 
Yeah. How do you not, you know, dominate, you know, a team? You have a projected top five NBA draft pick, I think. Right. And and it just, you know, it, it's amazing to me that, yeah, I, I'm not taking away from St. Peter's, you know, run at all because they just they just did all the fundamentals, in my in my opinion, you know, played hard-nosed defense, made Purdue uncomfortable there. Um, and, and made shots. And, and made <laughs> shots, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, made, made more shots than Purdue did. So, um, but – yeah, it just it, 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 it's crazy, crazy to me. I mean, the teams that they were able to, you know, knock off on their on their run. Obviously, it ended in a little bit of disappointment against North Carolina. You know, took a took a twenty point loss there to to UNC. But no, uh, and I'll tell you, a funny story because after that game, I texted uh, you and your dad. I said, you know, I think St. Peter's was getting a little big for their britches after that game. They were kind of sound a little arrogant in their post game press conference, and they should have let Lion Dogs sleep. You know, because they. I think they woke up a sleeping giant in North Carolina talking about how, oh, we deserve to be here. We're just as good as everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes the underdog, just keep your mouth shut and yeah. keep keep play that underdog role. Right, yeah. that number 15 seed all the yeah. way. <laughs> and I think, I mean, it, obviously St. Peter's only scored 49 points, but, you know, North Carolina only scored 69, which was right around, you know, the points that all the other teams that they had kind of beaten were, mm -hmm. were averaging. So I think – if St. Peter's, you know, they, they obviously had a really, really off, off night, you know, when it came to, came to shooting. So I think if they could have had, you know, what they normally had, or, you know, maybe, maybe around average, they could have been competitive in this game against North Carolina, but, you know, just came into the game and just, you know, didn't really look ready to go from, from the start. It, it was, you know, North Carolina early on and, just, you know, never, never really looked, looked back, but, you know, I, I found an interesting stat, you know, about, about St. Peter's, um, you know, so they, Knocked off, you know, the juggernaut in Kentucky in the in the first round. Ugh. John Calipari's annual salary eight and a half million dollars, more than five times St. Peter's annual men's basketball expenditures. Crazy, wow. uh, you know, they they spend about you know around one point six million dollars on you know basketball you know uh, expenditures. So Calipari's getting paid, you know, just to coach you know coach the game five mm -hmm. times more than. Their like, whole team, their whole team is spending. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's amazing to me, you know, to to look at that or, you know, and I was kind of diving into some of some of the other numbers about, you know, some of the past, like what you will, like mid majors or kind of these Cinderella teams. And when you look at, you know, their kind of uh, the money situation for St. Peter's, like they're even significantly lower than some of those other Cinderella teams like UMBC who knocked off, you know, the number first number one seed in all of history mm -hmm. and by a significant margin, they're they're kind of budget for for basketball for men's basketball is almost half of what some of those other Cinderella schools are at the same time. So to see them pull off what they did based on like the resources and things that they had, like it, it still to me is just just amazing. I, I think that, uh, you know, goes on top of, you know, their their run there. Um, and, you know, just before the show, um, there was there was breaking news. Um, the, the coach for for St. Peter's Shaheen Holloway actually going to, to take the head coaching job at, at Seton Hall, his, his alma mater. Um, so we'll see, see how that plays out. Obviously he had a, you know, a heck of a run there, there at, at St. Peter's, um, you know, and has, has been a, an assistant coach for, for at Seton Hall previously, but uh, you know, going over to take, take over the full head coaching responsibility at Seton Hall, his, his alma mater. So we'll see if he can make, make the jump to, you know, a bigger, bigger program there, there in the big East and, you know, Seton Hall has always been kind of a, a decent team or, you know, always kind of a, a fringe, uh, you know, March Madness or NCAA tournament team. So 
see what he can do with maybe a little bit bigger budget and mm-hmm. you know a little bit more of a of a known basketball school. So, uh, any any, any big disappointments from from anybody else or you know any other surprising teams at least Go from ahead, the Scotty. Sweet Sixteen or you know Elite Eight? I know this one's kind of personal to Hunter, uh, <laughs> the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, <laughs> Colton, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. They cost me money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big money. Yeah. Gonzaga shot five of twenty-one from three, and only had nine team assists. Mm-hmm. Definitely, That's, just uh, not you know not 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 what you want from a number one seed. Right? Yeah, I just think I don't know. I don't that game. You know, I watched watched most of that game, and I mean Arkansas just looked ready to go from from the jump. Gonzaga mm-hmm. never really. I mean, it looked like a deer in the headlights look of you know Arkansas came to play. They weren't messing around, and then you know. They they hung around there and you know took the lead and Gonzaga then was like whoa this team's for real and yeah, then they never really knew how to react to that. But so. you, know, you got to be impressed with the defensive effort of Arkansas. I mean they held a Gonzaga team who's been averaging in the high 80s all season long just only 68 points. Mm-hmm, that's, a, that's a great job of the defensive end and I think J T Note really proved he was a star. He put up 21 points in that game. And I, I mean, it was just the, the, it was the story of the game, the defense and Note's offensive play. Got a fun fact about uh, JT. J, is it JD? JD, JD Note, yeah. Note there had uh, 29 attempts from the field. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Heck definitely. of a game. Definitely, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, had, had a high volume, you know, high volume scorer there. So definitely, uh, you know, as long as you're efficient by putting up that many shots, like, then you have a good chance at, good chance of winning. If you got the flip side of, you know, you shoot 29 shots, but you only make, a handful, then it's it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I don't think Gonzaga was kind of ready to handle Arkansas's physicality, yeah, and, kind of up and down pace. I thought from yeah, that game of that too. Uh, of just yeah, it seemed like Arkansas, you know, rebound, they were out and and going kind of thing, and, and never really gave Gonzaga the chance to really kind of set their defense or you know really get get going or get comfortable on the defense. You think end. they'd be ready for a high pace game though? I mean, to score as many points as they have all season long, right. you'd, you'd think they'd have to play it at a right. high pace all season long. I don't know if they just surprising in their own conference, just not seeing that level Precisely. of you know you know of, of going up and down. And obviously, they had you know a lot more um, you know non conference games. I mean, they played Duke, they played you know several other top teams, but really? those were early on. Those exactly. were very early on, so you kind of get used to playing in your own conference and then you got to kind of flip the switch again when you come into the mark, you know, coming to March madness going up against more of the, the top teams or whatever. So I think it just, you know, something that, you know, it has to be a special team there with Gonzaga to be able to flip, flip that switch to make a, make a run. Um, and yeah, definitely not where Gonzaga wanted to, wanted to bow out definitely. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think Arkansas proved that they were the better team at least that that night. Uh, yeah, so I thought, I thought this was Gonzaga's year, but uh, yes, guess a lot of people. Year, are, the, yeah. Raz, the Razorbacks had a had a different answer, had a different story for it. But uh, you know, I, I think that you know the other kind of big winner, and I mean, it kind of pains me to say this, but uh, you know, Carolina. you know, North Carolina and, and Hubert, just the job that Hubert Davis has done with with the team that he has there, and. I know you can say that this is still Roy Williams' team or, you know, a lot of these players are, you know, Roy Williams' team. But if you look at the, you know, the NCAA tournament last year, this team was, you know, just a little bit above, you know, 500, you know, made it into the made it into the tournament. But then they got beaten the first the first weekend. So, you know, a lot of the same players, you know, Roy Williams had last year didn't have a lot of success in the NCAA tournament or, you know, in the regular season period. And, you know, this this same team comes back now with it with a new head coach and Hubert Davis and. They're playing, you know, in the final four with a, with a chance to go to the national championship with a, with a team that 
up until that big win against Duke at the end of the season, weren't even really sure that they were going to make it into the NCAA tournament. I mean, they had a great, they had a great, a great record. They had won, you know, over 20 games, but they hadn't really beaten anybody good until that, that game against, against Duke. So we really didn't know what this North Carolina team is capable of. And, you know, they definitely have proven, I I think most of America as, as fools here, here in the NCAA tournament. So, We'll we'll see what uh, you know what what Saturday uh, you know brings, but <clears throat> yeah, the way they played against UCLA and Caleb's love unconsciousness just to continuously yeah. thirty points, hoist threes, hoist, hoist shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wasn't it afraid. It can be good or it can be bad. And right. thankfully, against UCLA, it was very good. Yeah, like I said, when when you're hoisting that many and you're making them, it's keep like shooting yeah, them. keep going, keep going. <laughs> but when you're not, it's really going to put your team in a, in a bind. Yeah. You know? His irrational confidence. And then manic and uh, what's the center's name? Baycott. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. The consistency of those two are really kind of just made him pretty much graze through the tournament so far, honestly. Other yeah. Than yeah. A little bit of a struggle against UCLA. Yeah. I don't feel like they've been fully, you know, fully tested mm-hmm. yet. I mean, they've pretty much, I mean, it got a little dip dicey in that game against Baylor. I mean, they were up by 20 something and then, you know, Manic gets thrown out of the game and then yeah, it's like, that's the Manic game. That's like, uh, whoa, uh Oh, here we go. You know, Baylor's back in it, but obviously they, they found a way to win or, you know, whatnot, but uh, you know, definitely I, I feel like UNC has, you know, made it through their bracket with, with, with ease at, at this point. So yeah. um, they obviously got tough opponent coming up on Saturday, but uh, you know, that, that's a good transition unless anybody else has got, you know, got I got, anything. I got a few other things yeah. for, yeah. Uh, so uh, my disappointments and some of my surprises, I would say my disappointment, I, you know, we're big 10 guys. We got, you know, we expect that a lot out of big 10, but I kind of look back and, and seeing we, we didn't have any one seeds, didn't have any two seeds. Purdue was the three seed. Wisconsin was a three. Wisconsin seed. was a three seed. Yeah. Uh, I just I think looking back now, it's just like it wasn't the Big Ten's year. I know we had numbers, right? We had I think nine teams in, most, the, in there out of the, any of the conferences. It, it's disappointing, but I would I think the, seeing this year, the SEC was was supposed to be the team, yeah. the, the conference this year. To somebody's going to make a run: Kentucky, mm-hmm. Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. Or, you know, Auburn. Yeah, I you know, got what three two seeds or right. what is that? Two two seeds, two two seeds, and three seed. You lose to Michigan, a Big Ten school, right? Tennessee Kentucky gets bounced in the first round by St. Peter's uh, and then Auburn gets Auburn bounced, by, gets by, bounced Miami. by Miami. I mean, I was high on the SEC this year. I think a lot of people were high on them. You know, I had, I had seen many people have Kentucky winning it all. I'm a guilty victim. I had Tennessee, <laughs> I had Tennessee winning it all in one of my brackets and hottest team in basketball. Yeah. I mean, they won the SEC. It was like, Oh yeah. Tennessee's winning it all. Right. They're, they're hot, but. And then the trip every year. Yeah. One of my surprise. I think it's it's similar to last year. Last year was like the Big Ten's the best conference. You had Illinois, you had Michigan, two Iowa. one seeds. You had Iowa. You, I mean, high State up there. High State, State was, was a two seed. Yeah, two, two that seed. was disappointing last year. And then the Pac twelve was like, Pac twelve sucks. And then they 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 dominated. Right, right. Now this year, I think it was the ACC sucks. But now you look at the ACC. They got North Carolina. They got Duke. Right. They got Miami. Was in there in the Elite Eight. And yeah, they, it almost looked like they were headed to the final final four. four yeah, until, well, for a the, half until the second yeah. half. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But I think it, it, it's almost a little bit of that. The ACC was kind of they're not good. You know, UNC was a bubble team, right, right. and now they're in the final four. Right. But I think the SEC. <laughs> I'm yeah. disappointed in them this year. It seems like the the conference with the most hype tends to not perform mm-hmm. and the team with the conference with the least hype 
yeah. tends to the pressure's off. Yeah, you go to the final four and yeah, look at that now. You, got, you know, I, I don't yeah. even know that hype has a lot to do with it come tournament time. I think it's all in matchups, and I think just a lot of times yeah. these great teams end up with a matchup that's just really odd to them. They don't match up well, like yeah. same, and they like, get like those peacocks. Yeah, <laughs> those somehow those peacocks. You know, I mean, sometimes you get a hot shooting team, and yeah. there's just nothing you can do about it. It happens in a one it, game. It's all off. about you know. It's one game, one game at a time. What are you doing in that one game? And, and it only takes one off night to be, you know, bounced out of the out of the tournament. And, and so, but I mean, if we want to take that as our transition into the Final Four, yeah, I mean, we can talk about how Duke and North Carolina are facing for the first time ever yes. in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and that has a lot to do with these teams matchups just not getting the chance to end up playing each other right absolutely um so yeah we'll, we'll start with the with the second game then of, of, of saturday night uh number the number eight seed unc coming in at 28 and 9 versus the two seed uh duke 32 and 6 uh, this game's on on saturday 8 49 p.m eastern time start over on tbs vegas currently has duke favored by by four points so still still a close game even though you know it records you know somewhat similar and 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 duke has you know somewhat been the been the dominant team or you know has as you know a little bit more of a, a consistent team but uh looks like it's going to be close game fellas so you know tell me tell me your thoughts or you know maybe some of the players to watch or you know storylines or you know what 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 you're looking forward to in this Wait, match you know before i give you any thoughts i'm going to tell you a little bit on you know i just brought up the fact that these two teams have never played each other in the ncaa tournament and i can give you some reasons why all right yeah so teams teams that are in the top four from any conference must be in a different region when when they're being bracketed okay so that's that's a big reason right there these guys have never met because you know they've got to be spread out across the country and then right, right. you know you pretty much got to win your bracket and get to the final four yeah, yeah. about the only way they can other. meet is if they play in the, the final four yep. type deal and mm-hmm. then so and then another weird weird thing when they come to doing the bracketing is um, teams from the same conference that play each other three times they're not even allowed to meet until the elite eight. So it's got to be set up that they can't meet any sooner than the elite eight. So even, even if they're not like one through four, you know, as long as you're in the same conference and you played each other twice in the regular season, you play again in the conference tournament. Now you can't meet until the elite eight. Uh, Then they also have the rule of, I believe if you play twice, then you can't meet until the sweet 16. So, guaranteed every year duke and north carolina you, you play each other twice every year so you for sure you can't meet until the sweet 16 mm-hmm. so there's just so much opportunity to lose right before you right have any opportunity to play each other yeah, yeah interesting and, and i didn't know all that yeah with with it being you know almost almost you know after all that i mean the only way that they can meet is either final four or the national championship right. and i mean the odds of that happening obviously are very very slim because it's never happened until now, now. Um, yeah. but yeah it's just I didn't know all the backstory behind that. So that's, that's good stuff there, Matt. So, um, but Scotty, you want to want to jump in there? I was just going to add on, like even two historic programs like Duke and Carolina, they're not going to try to match them up early in right. the tournament. Anyway. Yeah, just for optics, you want to you want the blue bloods to be there at the end, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, set the storyline. I can only can only imagine what the uh, what the TV ratings are going to be, or you know, the ticket prices, or you know, just the the cost of this game, or you know, all the money that comes out of this you know big big matchup. But could uh, you imagine what it would have been though had they spread it out one more round and these two made the championship? That would have been something well, I, can, I can only imagine I, I think colton might have paid to go see that <laughs> <laughs> i might have been have to take out a small loan to go see that to go see that game but uh you know kind of went to go to the superdome yeah yeah <laughs> i mean uh, I, I have had the privilege to, to watch duke win a national championship back in back in 2015 you know got the chance to go over to indianapolis to, to watch them so i have have witnessed you know a national championship but because of all the 
the storylines behind it. I mean, Coach K's potential last run, um, you know, and, 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 you know, why'd we'll, you put quotes on that? <laughs> you know, we'll I, talk about that. We'll, 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 talk, get, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of going, going a little bit into the, into the matchup here, you know, North Carolina, you know, I'm just going to kind of walk through how we, how we got here for each of these teams. So, you know, they, they beat number nine Marquette 95, 63 in the first round beat number one Baylor 93 to 86 in overtime beat uh, number four UCLA 73 to 66 and then defeated the, the Fighting Peacocks, St. Peter's, the 15 seed, 69 to 49. On the flip side, there you got you got Duke, who you know beat a 15 seed in Cal State Fullerton, 78 to 61. Beat a number seven seed Michigan State, 85 to 76. Beat a number three Texas Tech, uh, 78-73, and then defeated number four Arkansas, 78 to 69. So, I feel like coming into this, I think yeah, we we, we talked about it a little bit. You know, Duke, I I feel has been a little bit more battle tested if, if you will you know it's been a lot of close games you know outside of their their first round game they've actually somewhat trailed or you know has have looked at times where it's like man this might be coach gay's last game but they, they have a stretch like a five to ten minute stretch in, in in these last you know several games where you go back to think and say no nah, this is the real duke team this is the team that could potentially win a national championship whereas on the you know kind of the north carolina side never really felt that that UCLA game, you know, a little bit, but I still felt like North Carolina was was in control of of that game. Um, so, be interesting to see how these how these teams match up. Um, what, what what do you guys what do you guys think? As a fellow Duke fan myself, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bit worried that uh, Caleb Love and Manic is still a problem, scorching on fires. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like Colton has said, Duke seems to be a little more tested, having playing Michigan State close Mm -hmm. i feel like that was that was the moment that really kind of settled the team Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then texas tech was the game i actually was most worried about in the whole tournament Mm -hmm. i was like if we can get past that one i think we have have a good shot okay and then now going to the final four (laughs) playing against that other team (laughs) (laughs) yeah that team we don't talk about (laughs) uh i'm not i'm i'm confident that this duke team can get it can get it done and this will not be coach k's last game all right all right the the offense in the last game against arkansas it was seemed to be clicking on all cylinders it got everybody involved Mm -hmm. bancaro obviously had it going roach the last three or four games has really been been a solid x factor yeah been their go-to guy when things kind of get tight Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm well, I what was it in the last seven minutes of the Michigan State game? I don't think Duke missed a shot. Yeah, they like I said, they have like a five to ten minute stretch in every game where they show you what they're capable of yeah. <clears throat> to so close I, out a game. So, so it seems like they're ta- obviously we knew they were one of the probably the most talented team in the, in the right. tournament. That they're finally like clicking together as a team and playing enough defense that they can at least outscore the other teams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to take it. Your, your final pick is, is Duke to Duke to win it. Duke, but take the points with Carolina. <laughs> all, right, all right. Close, close game there. All right. As Lee Corso would say close, close, close. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that close aspect. I mean, these two teams have played each other twice this year. Duke won the first game by 20 points, but then North Carolina won the second one by 13. We don't talk about that one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so you know, it, it's, it's really kind of, Hail of two seasons for both of these teams, mm-hmm. and North Carolina has been one of the hottest teams in the country. But I, I, like I said, I don't think this game's going to be a blowout like the first two either direction. I think it's going to come down to the very end. 
with that, I'm giving a slight advantage to the Tar Heels. They All shoot right. they shoot slightly better from the free throw line and in close games down the stretch. Free throws matter a lot. Mm-hmm. And then uh, North Carolina also out rebounds Duke on the season. So uh, two big stats that get you get you some extra possessions, buy you some extra points, mm-hmm. and might be just enough to get it done in a close game. You know, an eight seed, the lowest seed to ever reach the championship game, and it's been done four times. So it's not like it's out of the question that that it's a seed this low advances to the championship mm-hmm. and you know I, I like carolina's chances all right all i right. like your stats map but uh this is coach k's last year he's <laughs> you know what this though? is revenge that, yeah. that, that actually burned me because i said that exact same thing before their second matchup oh there's no way he's losing his last home game right. against it was North a set carolina. this final four up. <laughs> yeah yeah the, the storyline was there 100, 100 what you got so as a non-duke fan i mean i don't you're gonna have a different, little bit different opinion, different little, little different breakdown here. Um, so I think if there is a team that will that will blow out the other team, I think it will be North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I think if Duke wins, it'll be it's going to be a close one. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, all that being said, I think honestly, right now, I think North Carolina is playing the best basketball mm-hmm. as far as the team goes. They just click together. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. They rebound the heck out of the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they teach them, but they offensive rebound like nobody else. Mm-hmm. Um, with all that being said, uh, I, I think either way, this is not Coach K's last game, win or lose. I don't <laughs> oh, think I don't okay. think it's his last game. <laughs> okay, you uh, can't lose to North Carolina in the Final Four and it be your last game. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. but I, I think I think kind of what Colton has said. I do see. It's going to be a close one, and I think Duke always tends to do better in those situations than North Carolina. I mean, we looked at North Carolina when they ended up winning the Baylor game, but it got tight. Man. It got tight, and it got scary. Yeah. And other than that, I don't know if they really ever had that situation where there's like five minutes to go, and it's a tie game. Who's going to who's gonna squeeze this one out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I give that edge to Duke. I think although North Carolina is playing better as a team, I think Duke's obviously got the better athletes and better ball players. I mean, I mean, we can name their starting five and they're, they're, they're starting five, probably all get drafted. First rounders. You know, right? Yeah. Get, get drafted. So I think it's definitely, you know, when you're looking at it on paper, you would say, you know, Duke's got this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they have the, they, they may all get drafted. Then they'll go to the NBA and do nothing like yeah. the typical Duke stars. <laughs> right. So the, uh, so the, uh, you know, I think at the Kyrie same time, Kyrie Irving's got a ring. Yeah, the, uh, I think, you know, definitely if you look at it on paper, you say Duke's got this one. Um, but you know, I, I, when it comes to rivalry games and there's no bigger yeah. rivalry in college basketball, you throw everything out the window and, and you say, this is anybody's game at this, at this, this could point. be another kill. Club I think game. Yeah. at this point it's destiny, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to jinx coach K, but like, this is got a very this, anti-jinx. <laughs> it's yeah. Not trying to jinx, not anti-jinx. I'm just saying destiny. I think they get it done. I think they have the best, the best basketball player, at least left in the final four. Mm-hmm. It's time to take over in these type of moments. You know, we saw Suggs at least do it in the final four last year. Mm-hmm. It's time for Ben, Ben Caro, Benchero, whatever. Yeah. Take over. Take over. In the last five minutes, same with that Griffin. I think he's a top five, maybe a top ten pick, top five pick. Projections. He's been clutch these last few games. I think he takes over as well. Unfortunately, just just a little too much for the Tar Heels. (laughs) All right. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in in this game, definitely, I think it's going to come down to we. I think both these teams, from an offensive standpoint, they're going to get they're going to get points. But I think the difference for me in this one is is can. 
North Carolina slow down this Duke, this, I mean, red hot Duke team right now, as far as, you know, offense goes enough to, you know, make it, make it count, um, you know, and UNC prior to coming into this, into this tournament from a defensive standpoint was not, you know, one of the better teams, you know, they were letting, letting teams shoot well over 50% a lot of the times from the field uh, against them and, and Duke's, you know, they have the, the potential. I mean, in that in that first game, they shot nearly sixty percent from the from the field. So the the potential is there. Um, I think you know, obviously, North Carolina has has uh, you know changed a lot of things, has grown up a little bit since that first matchup. I think it's a very very close close game. I, I even think maybe you know it comes down to maybe a last a last shot. Um, and I think Duke pulls it pulls it out. They got more I think playmakers at the end of the game that you can go to to get kind of a guaranteed bucket or you know get a clutch bucket i think that they they close it out in in, in the final you know final minute final seconds there get get a win in a, in a close one <clears throat> you know one last thing to think about though is duke's going to be playing tight they're playing for the legacy of their coach mm-hmm. north carolina's they're they're yeah. just playing on borrowed time they, right. they don't right. care they weren't supposed to be there they're, yeah. they're free ball they're just having fun yeah, <laughs> yeah they're just they're, they're playing just... not to lose to duke yeah, that's that's true. I, I don't think it matters to them as much here. I just like I said, they they they're not supposed to be here. There's I know, a, I know it's a rivalry, and I know it's it's still Duke North Carolina, but they're not supposed to be here. There's so a chip on their shoulder for it, sure. It's, it's yeah. not I mean, that big of a deal. Duke definitely has the weight of the world on their shoulders, um, you know, uh, coming into this. But they, I mean, up until now, they've handled it. They've handled it well. I mean, there's been moments where it's been like. Yep, this is this is it. This yeah. is how it goes out. Yeah, but, but it, was, it wasn't against their biggest rival either. True. Yeah, that just adds to it. It does. It does. I so thought, I thought they got rid of most of those jitters against Michigan State and then definitely Texas Tech. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think. There, I mean, obviously, there's pressure. It's the Final Four. Yeah, and it's pressure already because it's the Final Four. But then you add on, yeah, that. that possible coach k last run here <laughs> so i loved after the elite eight though he had to tell his players pretty much shut up you're not supposed to be saying we want north carolina <laughs> don't add fuel to we the want the revenge yeah yeah we need we need to avenge that loss yeah so that moving, we don't talk about yeah <laughs> moving over then to the to the other game you know that maybe has a There's little another bit game yeah, <laughs> yeah a little bit which, less which is sad because these are two blue bloods right right, right. a little bit less uh storylines to go go behind this but uh yeah the the first game of that that Saturday night, we got number two Villanova coming in at thirty and seven versus the number one seed Kansas at thirty two and six. That game is also you know Saturday night. It's going to be six oh nine p.m. Eastern time over on TBS. And uh, Vegas has as Kansas currently at a, a four and a half point favorite. So tell me, tell me what you guys think think of that. I'll start there. I, I'm kind of like the Tar Heels. I'm going Villanova here. I think they're playing some great basketball. I think they get the team involved. They just play great basketball together. Um, as far as Kansas standpoint, I look at their their road and how they got here. I don't really think they were battle tested. I think they played Providence was their the best team they played. Yeah, probably. High yeah. seated. Yeah, high yeah. seated team. And I mean, they didn't get to play Wisconsin. Then they didn't play Auburn. And I guess you could pull that again on Villanova. They didn't really play a whole high seed but they did play houston i think houston is a well-coached team solid team that's not a team you take lightly and they beat them so i I guess i'm just looking at that mainly like and i think they have the guard play i know they have uh is it caleb davis i think he's just a ball player Mm -hmm. i watched them play michigan colin gillespie solid solid player for them he's a captain just Solid. He's the quarterback on the team, Ryan pretty RG much. Diakno 2.0, yeah, yep. Yep. or 3.0, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I and I think I a part of me wants. I mean, either way, you get Duke Villanova or you get UNC Villanova rematch. I mm-hmm. think, and mm-hmm. I think I, I would just like to see 
whomever. I guess Kansas is a blue blood too, so I guess I, I, I wouldn't mind that either. Deciding, no matter who I don't think yeah. yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with whoever wins wins these games. Obviously. I guess I just I, I, I'm a little bit of a fan of Villanova. Mm. I guess well, I would say I, I'm gonna have to go not so fast on that. One. <laughs> auto, auto. You know, for for the season, Kansas, another course though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, for the, for the regular season, uh, Kansas has averaged 78 points a game. Villanova's only averaging 72. So I think Kansas has a slight advantage there on the scoring. And uh, Villanova also is going to be without a star guard, Justin Moore, who tore his Achilles in that win over Houston. Mm-hmm. I, I think losing a player of his caliber, ball handler, shooter, second leading scorer on their team, mm-hmm. that that's a huge loss. I, I think it's going to be a lot for them to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's going to be be a big one, big one for me as well. I mean, that's, uh, you know, looking at the stats, you know, he averaged just under 15 points a game, which, you know, Villanova doesn't score. This isn't your kind of traditional high-scoring Villanova offensive team that we've seen in, in, in years past that have made runs to Final Four or, you know, won national championships. So even though, you know, the guy is scoring slightly under 15 points, that's about 20% of their offensive production right there that they that they lose. Um, and, and obviously, yeah, not, not going to play at all. I mean, with a torn Achilles, obviously not even a chance it, that he, you know, makes a comeback. Um, so I think – you know, and Villanova at the same time, not a very deep team. You know, even prior to this injury, they only played about six six guys in the rotation. So they played their starters heavily and then, you know, bring one guy off the bench that, that played a lot of heavy minutes as well. I think Kansas, you know, get has enough offensively to, to get it done. I, th- I think Villanova is just going to struggle to find points. Uh, you know, Kansas has, has the almost 20-point score in Oshai Abaji there. I think, uh, you know, Villanova is going to have a hard time to – Slow him down. I, I think Kansas just has more of the offensive firepower. I like it to be, uh, you know, the Jayhawks to get it done and have a have a Duke Kansas, uh, you know, title game. So just like Coach K's first. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think if Villanova wants to to win this game, they're gonna have to really slow it down. Kansas. Yeah, they're gonna. I, have think, to make I don't it know if they play at the fastest pace in the country, but it sure seems like, especially mm-hmm. they turn turnovers into points. Easy. Probably on a higher clip than anybody in, in left in the tournament for sure. Mm-hmm. And. Villanova, the kind of their play style. I mean, they shoot the ball efficiently. Make their they, free they get, throws. They go to the free throw line. They make their free throws. And they don't. They don't turn it over a they lot. They don't turn it over. Yeah. So they're going to definitely want to slow this game down and make try it, to make it know, ugly. Make, make it, it ugly and low scoring. Right. Yeah. You, you saw against Houston. I mean, they they scored fifty points in that one. And I mean, I think if you would have told Houston that you would have held Villanova to fifty points. And still lost, like they would have said, absolutely not. There's no way we're losing this game. But you know, Villanova on the flip side, you know, they got they got a solid defensive team, so they held you know Houston to only 44 points, and you know to win win the game. Obviously, not what we're used to seeing in in, in a college basketball. Yeah, you got to make shots. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, to win. You know, on that same game, Villanova's 15 for 15 from the free throw line, yep. and Houston, I think, missed five or six free throws, which right. turned out to be the difference. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, anything, anything else anybody wants to add about the, about this about this matchup or about this game? I mean, it's it's two storied programs. I mean, obviously two storied coaches. Jay Wright there for Villanova, Bill Self for Kansas. So, still, I think a lot of a lot of storylines. Obviously, it's a little bit. I wouldn't say a little bit. It definitely is overshadowed by by the game. You know, later that night, but two definitely still blue blood programs that I, I think is still going to play out to be be an interesting interesting game. Yeah, I'm riding with the storyline that Coach K beats Kansas to win his last title. All right. Like he did his first title. <laughs> All Interesting right. stat. You know who the coach was of Kansas when he won that first title? I'm going to say Roy Williams. Roy Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
interesting, interesting there, you know, how, how it all, you know, small, subtext. small world, how it, how it is in college basketball there. But, uh, you know, any, anything else anybody wants to add about, the, about this matchup? It's just going to be a great, great day of basketball watching on Saturday. Two awesome games. Blue Bloods all, all Blue Bloods and New Bloods. Yeah, yes. I, I think, uh, you know, what, what I, you know, kind of closing, closing, you know, uh, remarks is, even though as much, you know, maybe madness or craziness as we've had with all the big upsets and, you know, St. Peter's making their run, it, it's interesting that the Final Four still seems like it's the teams that maybe should be there. You know, the teams we're yeah. used to seeing there at the end of the day, you know, you got – Or expect to be there. Right, least. right. Could, yeah, could get there. Right. You got Villanova, you know, Kansas. Obviously, UNC has had better teams as far as seeding goes, but, you know, they're always, you know, a tournament team or, you know, always can go on a run. And then obviously you, you know, got to imagine all the alumni of North Carolina is doing really well in their brackets this year. Cause you know, <laughs> yeah. that low seed. Get, get, yeah. Get we're, we're, we're taking them. We're taking them. They're, they're definitely doing better than I'm sure we all are. Kenny, yeah. Kenny, the jet Smith, he had UNC winning it all. So, and yeah. I was like, are you serious? This guy's just picking them cause he's from UNC. Yeah, he's not now, looking, now, he looks now like he's looking at me like, what's your bracket? Doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. How's Arizona doing? Here's, here's me a picture of me like my, bracket on fire after the first day so you know obviously i think i know a lot about college basketball but clearly i don't so uh you know it's anybody's game when it comes march yeah just a shout out to our akron zips didn't make it out of the first round but shout out they they did play ucla kind of kind of tough they 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 almost yeah they almost had them yeah we almost had you man (laughs) almost almost but but to be fair when it comes to talking about brackets we currently have a two-year-old leading our bracket challenge here (laughs) for the fired up bracket right so like i said and that was my comment before the bracket challenge you know started even if you don't know anything about basketball, you, you still have a it. chance yep. to do well. And I said, sure, you know, <laughs> you know that that people that traditionally don't know that much about bas- college basketball are the ones that always do well. I don't know how it plays out, how it works. The stars align somehow. I don't know, but uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I feel like I know college basketball or watch quite a bit to know a lot about college basketball and. Like I said, my bracket was burnt after the first the first day. The so, first four hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I was ready to you know call it quits and you know say go Duke after that. So, <clears throat> well, that's uh, gonna do it for for our show this week. Uh, you know, we we appreciate you guys for listening up to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cal, Mitchell Yake, Hunter Hooper, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And uh, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question, you want to hear, uh, you know, the, the panel here debated out on the, on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram. Our, our handle is fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook as well. Um, our, our kind of our page over there on Facebook is fired up comma sports podcast. Uh, we also have a, have a website, uh, fired up one dot podbean.com. We can find all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about about the show, um, you know. And if you want to catch this episode or you know some of our other past episodes, you can find us on pretty much any podcast platform. Um, you know, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere they got a podcast platform, you can you can find our show. So definitely, uh, you know, look look for this episode to come out to you tomorrow, and uh, you know, listen to some of our other past episodes. Um, you know, and as always, we appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.